From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian Michael Bowling. I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. I had a busy day today. I uh, went to San Francisco, hung out with my, you know, BFF, Andreas Deja. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it's uh, yeah. very casual, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, sandwiches we, and such. Oh, yeah. Just sat around drawing Mickey Mouse together and, you know, things like that. And, uh, yeah, no, actually, there was a media event at the Walt Disney Family Museum. We'll talk a little more about it in a future uh, you know, future podcast, but um, but anyway, yeah. So that was fun. I'd never been to a media event on behalf of the Diz, so uh, yeah, they had brunch, yeah. and then they talked about the tenth anniversary of the museum that we've mentioned, and then Andreas Stasia did an overview of the Mickey Mouse exhibition that's opening up there in May. We got to see the unveiling of the cool mural that is being um, that's going to be part of the exhibition and I sure hope they do make prints of this. It is delightful of, of Mickey it, it celebrates the anniversary of the museum, the uh, the location of the museum and also the uh, sort of the lineage of animation there's mickey is driving around and doing all this and then but he's in his various sort of uh versions as he's doing that there's hidden mickeys in it it's in black and white in celebration of steamboat willie and the steamboat is going under the golden gate bridge and there's even a little homage to pixar you know, there yeah, was the, yeah, yeah. the lamp and the ball. It was very, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. I sat with our friends from the Nostalgia podcast, Jeff Bam and um, Kristen Nowinki. Nowinki, you know, I, I can say her name, <laughs> Nowinki. But anyway, they're, they're very, very nice. And Kristen and I talked a lot about London and Paris because um, she's been there a couple of times. Several times, yeah. actually. She's giving um, me some good tips about places to go. And I'm just glad you got to uh, go to the event. So it's, uh, yeah. it's, I know it was hard for you to, well, not super hard, but it's always hard having to choose between uh, actual work and uh, going to have fun work for people who aren't yes. fortunate to do this full time. Uh, but I'm glad it, it worked out that it was worth you uh, taking off a day to have some fun. It was. It really was. It, it was a fun event. So, anyway. But, I'm jealous. So, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, yeah. You would have enjoyed it. And just would have had to uh, fly basically almost as far away as I could possibly go in the United States. The 48 <laughs> that's states. That's true. I mean, you know, I could yeah. go back up to Seattle. That's further. But San Francisco is also not, a, not your average hike. So... <laughs> 
No, no. But then you could have hiked around the Presidio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up. There is a Disney connection to it. Do you know what it is? Uh, are, are to this exact Super Bowl coming up? Well, you know, to the Los Angeles Rams. There's a Disney connection. I do only because we talked about it before. <laughs> so, um, but feel free to let everyone know. No, Ron Miller, the wife of Diane Disney Miller, and of course he uh, he ran the Walt Disney Studios for you know after Walt's passing. Uh, he was a former quarterback for the L.A. Rams. He was drafted in the third round of the 1961 NFL Draft by the Rams and played with the team during the 1962 NFL season. He, after a particularly brutal tackle in which he was knocked unconscious, Walt said, I don't want to raise your children. (laughs) So um, Walt uh, offered him a position at the ground. Um, Now, he didn't like give him an executive position uh, um, you know at the studio and he had to work his way up through the ranks yeah and yeah so um, he was also drafted by the Houston Oilers and I recently heard him say he was also drafted by the 49ers but he chose uh, the Rams because you know his family was you know his wife and children were in um, LA yeah so So, uh, what what Disney trailers do you think we're going to see during the Super Bowl? Gosh, that's interesting. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of speculation on this, and I'm trying to remember. Um, trying to remember what movie? I, I what Lion King? Do you think Lion we're King? See? I mean, yeah, we already we've had the one teaser for it, but it, it seems like it could get close to when there would be a full debut. Um, you know, some people are saying Star Wars because that will be episode nine. I am in, just based on how it went in 2017, the last time an episode movie came out, I'm in the camp that they're going to save it for Star Wars Celebration uh, mm-hmm. that will be happening in April in Chicago. So that's when that's when the first, the first full trailer debuted uh, at, at Celebration here in Orlando in 2017. I remember because I slept all night to <laughs> be in the room wow. to see it for the very first time and I I don't remember I think I may have cried but I don't know if oh that was goodness. from I don't know if that was from being tired or <laughs> what but uh could be could be something with the with the <laughs> final avengers movie see, I was, that was my guess was avengers 2 that was my next guess yeah it's it's a really tough one because you know it, Captain Marvel, I think, is obviously something's going to come of that. Even though they've already released trailers for it before, I think it's going to be uh, uh, remember what remember Captain Marvel still coming out. So I think we'll see that. Um, hopefully, something with Avengers. It's then you know Dumbo. There's already been so much with Dumbo. And yeah, I, I don't see that as a Super Bowl worthy. As excited as I am for it. I don't know if the entire world's as excited as I am. Um, <laughs> I, do you think there'll be commercials for Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland uh, and Walt Disney World? I honestly did not even think about that, but that would be incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. So, especially for Disneyland, um, that's you know, it, 
having the Super Bowl in February, and if they're they're pretty confident that they're going to hit this June timeline for opening, mm-hmm. it would make complete sense to start getting that out now. So, uh, you know, people people like planning vacations like three to six months out, and and we're right in that timeline for yeah. for Galaxy's Edge. So, of course, if they were smart, and well, you know, I've talked about this. If they were smart, they would open it up or have pass holder previews although the rumor is they're not going to do that is um may the 4th yeah yeah <laughs> now i i think for sure that uh there will be i i think there'll be some kind of preview almost in a way uh but i don't know if it'll be pass holder i don't it could just be cast member only but um I, that's just it's it's the smarter way to go and yeah. that that's what i mean for that i don't know i don't know how disneyland likes to work that stuff they don't get expansions very often so i don't i don't think they have a lot of the practice with it uh you know besides overlays with stuff like pixar pier but uh it, it just makes sense to do previews so it gives you a little bit of time to work out all the all the last minute issues because once that opens they they need those attractions working perfectly i i said it on the recent disneyland show is that they the worst thing that could happen for galaxy's edge if it if that if, if it opens up and those attractions just constantly break down then it'll it'll kill them yeah yeah well the, the, I, i'm sure they're going to have media previews yeah, and oh, you, without they're, they're, there and those the, everything's going to be spiffy and running perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I I'd say it's a couple months off now from potentially even doing like a hard hat preview for media, not where like they actually get to go in and take photos of the the construction because they've been doing a, a good enough job of releasing construction updates. But uh, it, at some point, I, I would assume they're going to get media in there to look behind the curtain and see it with their own eyes. So. They, did, they didn't really do that with a lot of stuff, but every now and then, like Toy Story Land, I know out here, they were starting to do like hard hat tours to see the mm-hmm. updates, and I think that that could be a trend. I mean, at least for, for our Galaxy's Edge once that opens up, but then again, do we really need that by the time we roll around of ours? Because Disneyland's will be open for five, six months, so it might not be as necessary. Yeah. It's, a, it's a strange time for Disney. <laughs> Now, I'm hoping to get out to Disneyland before it opens because that little park will – it will be a completely different park once yeah. it opens. And I, I want to see it before that park is gone. <laughs> so. No, that's uh, that's actually – I know we talked about it before. You haven't finished uh, – you haven't finished this week's Disneyland episode that released – as of the time that we're recording this and that's mm-hmm. one of the things i'm looking forward to in in 2019 is trying to get out one more time at, at least one more time before it just becomes completely insane and no longer no longer bearable with yeah. with galaxy's edge so hopefully fingers crossed for me yeah well let me know when you're out here it's <laughs> that, hey i if I'm not out there for work at some point, I know you and I, we've been trying to nail down a date for both of us to be in Southern California. If I'm not going to be out there for work, I might have to to just do it on my own before before all that madness begins. Because I really, 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 uh, the last couple times I've been out there, it's been for such a short time that I feel like I need 
I need a solid couple days to spend in the parks out yeah. there and just take it all in. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. It'll be fun. So, well, well, speaking of the theme parks, um, back in episode 67, we planned a day at Disneyland in 1958 using attraction coupon books uh, from that day. In this episode, Craig and I are boarding our Carousel of Progress time machine, and we're traveling back to the Magic Kingdom of 1971 to plan our day. Now, attraction coupon books will be used at the Magic Kingdom until the opening of Epcot Center in 1982, although multi-day passports will be introduced in 1977, which provided guests with two days admission to the Magic Kingdom, unlimited attractions, and unlimited use of Disney transportation. Now, when the Magic Kingdom opened in 1971, a general admission ticket cost $3.50 for an adult, $2.50 for a child aged 12 to 17, and $1 for a child aged 3 to 11. And then guests could purchase attraction tickets and 7 or 11 coupon books, or individually based on the attraction's classification, A through E, or an A ticket attraction cost $0.10 cents and an E ticket cost $0.90 cents for adults. And on each ticket, the attractions for which that ticket could be used were printed on the front of the ticket. Now, on opening day of the Magic Kingdom, a $5.75 ticket book would provide a guest with a transportation ticket, allowing unlimited use of what the Walt Disney World transportation system that included the monorail, steamboats, and motor trams, and then admission to the park, and a choice of enjoying 11 adventures out of the 28 in the park on opening day. To plan out our day, we're using a 1971 coupon book. Attractions were categorized based on their degree of thrill. Whether or not you find them uh, thrilling in the same way they were categorized, that's on you, but... This is how it was. So the A coupon was uh, one coupon valued at $0.10, and that included on Main Street the omnibus, the horse cars, Main Street vehicles, and then in Fantasyland it included Cinderella's Golden Carousel. The B coupon, you get one coupon valued at $0.25, breaking the bank now. On Main (laughs) Street, you got the Main Street Cinema. Frontierland, you had your choice of... Uh, I and sorry, I said that incorrectly. You could choose from one of the following from all the different lands in Main Street USA. You had the option of Main Street Cinema, Frontierland, Frontier Shooting Gallery, or the Mike Fink Keelboats, Adventureland, Swiss Family Island Treehouse. So, four attractions there. You only get one. Really tricky. Uh, moving into the C coupons, you had two coupons valued at fifty cents each, so a, a little bit longer of a list. So uh, makes it a little bit easier to come up with some choices, but still all uh, good ones. Tomorrowland, you had the Grand Prix Raceway. Fantasyland, you had Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Peter Pan's Flight, Snow White's Adventures, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and Mad Tea Party. And then in Frontierland, you had the Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes. D coupon, now we're getting real crazy. Three coupons. That's right, three. Valued at <laughs> 75 cents each. And this gave you the options of the Main Street, on Main Street, sorry, the Walt Disney World Railroad Trains Grand Circle Tour, 
Tomorrowland included Skyway to Fantasyland or Flight to the Moon. Fantasyland, Skyway to Tomorrowland, Frontierland, Country Bear Jamboree, Liberty Square, the Hall of Presidents, or the Admiral Joe Fowler Riverboat. And now the e-coupon, four coupons valued at 90 cents each. Use them wisely. You have in Fantasyland, It's a Small World, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Submarine Voyage, maybe known as, The Mickey Mouse Review, Adventureland, Jungle Cruise, or Tropical Serenade, Liberty Square, Haunted Mansion. So those are all of the contenders from A through E. And a uh, lot of good ones in there. So it's going to be very tricky to choose. It is. And over time, folks who remember, these moved um, as they lost their popularity and other more thrilling attractions were added. Some of the attractions moved from E to D mm-hmm. or, you know, D to C and some moved up. And so, you know, it just sort of depended. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's there's ones already looking at it when you, you read through it. It's like, hmm. Like the D coupons, that feels kind of like a pretty weak category with what's in there, but uh, especially for having three. But when you have transportation options in there, you know that that throws in a, a little bit extra to think about. So yeah. um, it's, it's tough choices, tough choices. It is, it is. So now the inside cover of this coupon book displayed an attraction checklist as well as a note of explanation on how to use the transportation ticket. And the back cover featured both the Magic Kingdom and ticket book logos and pricing information, along with the date stamp and the globe ticket identification marks. Uh, The front of the booklet has a welcoming message that reads, Welcome to Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom. We hope that you and your family will enjoy your stay in the Vacation Kingdom here at Walt Disney World. A multitude of recreational leisure activities is yours to enjoy. This ticket book is your passport to many wonderful adventures in the Magic Kingdom. May your stay be a pleasant one, and may you return and visit us again soon. Walt Disney Productions. Now, guests could purchase the coupon books at the Transportation and Ticket Center, and individual attraction coupons could be purchased from ticket booths located throughout the park. And there were two ticket books and fan- ticket booths in Fantasyland. Mm. So. Well, do we think it's uh, time to get started and go through? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's put on our mouse ears, grab our our, our classic Mickey Mouse balloons on Main Street, and yeah. yeah so. So, Craig, what yeah. we have our A coupon. We do. How are you going to so, use yours? Oh, you're making me go first. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> well, this one, here's where I'm going to have to fight the entire time. Similar to how we did it with the Disneyland version of this, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's going to be a constant battle between, like, if we were in the mindset of being back then, what would we want versus the mindset of now of what would I want and having mm-hmm. to choose between favorites and stuff. For my A coupon, I think I'm going to go in with the mindset of we're currently here in 2019 and I'm looking at the list of what's available and I have to be honest with myself about what's what's kind of the the most unique that I wish I would be experiencing back then. And for that, I'm going to have to go with the Omnibus 
So, uh, and, and that's a real big toss up because, uh, if you, if you haven't been to Walt Disney world in a long time, uh, you, you might not realize that unlike Disneyland, our transportation stops very, very early in the morning. Uh, it does not, it does not last a long time, uh, throughout the day, like it does out in Disneyland. And because of that, I would want to take advantage. And I just, I love the omnibus. So that's where that's why I would choose that one. You know, yeah, definitely for me, it was going to be I was going to use it for for a vehicle on Main Street. And I went back and forth between the omnibus and and just, um, you know, the, the one of the Main Street vehicles, the other ones like the horseless carriage or the fire engine or the horse drawn streetcars, because those are all part of the Main Street vehicles as well. I think I would go with the fire engine because the, just because of its history at Disneyland. It was, you know, uh, you know, famously Bob Gurr and, and Walt were standing on Main Street USA at Disneyland, and Bob Gurr just sort of flippantly said, "You know, we don't have a fire engine on here," and and Walt said, "Hmm, yeah, 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 you're right, we don't." And then, and then like Bob Gurr gets back to his office and he gets a call from accounting saying, "You know, the the uh, the, the requisition has already been written up for him to do the fire engine, create the create the fire engine." So you know, Walt, Walt, you know, when Walt agreed with you, he made it. You know, he he made it happen, and and. I know Bob Gurr was, imagine your Bob Gurr was always very proud of that. And I like going on a, on a vehicle because first of all, that's one of my dream jobs. If I ever got to do something at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World, I'd love to drive a vehicle. But um, you get, it's more intimate. You get to talk with the, the cast member driving the vehicle and, you know, and, and all that. So, um, that that's what, so that I think that's what I would do with my a my a coupon. Yeah, Let's that's the fire engine. Th- that's a good one. So I, I I'm still I'm still sticking strong with the omnibus. Yeah. I I love it, and I like I know it's been back every now and then. Like in summer, this past summer, it was back for a while, and you could ride it at night, and then even uh, I mean basically at least once a year. For, for a certain amount of time it comes out and it's just it's one of those things though I, I wish I wish we could have it so much more often um, it's part of the the kinetic energy of Disneyland's Main Street is part of what makes it so special and I just wish we had the same at Walt Disney World because yeah. you know we, we live in a freaking concrete jungle for the most <laughs> part it, we well, should have more transportation but yeah well, I think too it makes it feel like it's a real main street with yeah. the vehicles, and uh, you know because you know th- part of the story is that the folks driving those main street vehicles live on Main Street USA. Yeah, no. so they're all part of the streetmosphere. You tend to have more streetmosphere characters on your main street than we do. We have the characters. Yeah, you know, Mickey and Minnie and uh, princesses and whoever just passes by. Yeah, and um, but you have the actual residents. Yeah, we do, know. we do, and yeah. they're they're great first thing in the morning, and then you know right around eleven o'clock, it feels like it becomes just time to take photos 
all up and down Main Street and grab onto the balloons and get your your Instagram shot of you holding holding balloons and that's that's all it is until then it becomes parade time and then it's let's sit and wait for a parade and then fireworks and I, I really hate to sound like I'm complaining it's just I, I wish. I wish things could be simpler, like they were in 1971 before I was alive right. and don't know about it. So, <laughs> but uh, be coupon. We have one of those. What mm-hmm. What would you choose for yours, Michael? I t- I had to choose the Mike Fink keelboats. Yeah, I loved those. Now I never rode them at Walt Disney World, which is why I would want to, because they were one of my favorites at Disneyland. And a lot of it was just because you you know you were at a different level on the rivers of America. Um, because you know, you either you know, you're <laughs> you're practically in the water with the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes, and then you're way up high with uh you know the the Admiral Joe Fowler and uh, you know there in 1971 but and so you were sort of mid-level but i don't know if they had the same witty banter and spiel at walt disney world as they did at disneyland but those keelboat captains whatever their their title was they were hilarious and they had they they pretended to have an ongoing feud with the um with the with the cast members on the canoes and they were i found them funnier than the jungle cruise skippers who are funny and i really miss this experience so i'm hoping that i will have a similar experience on the rivers of america at um the magic kingdom I think for mine, I'm also going to be in Frontierland, but I'm not going to choose the Mike Fink keelboats. I'm going with the only other option in Frontierland, and that's the shooting gallery. And mm-hmm. this is kind of based on just one of my most uh, my fondest memories of of Magic Kingdom, and that's that would have been in 2000. I be- I think 2000, maybe. Gosh, I don't even know. Now I'm just second my second guessing myself on all of it. When the Main Street Electrical Parade had its its run right in the early 2000s at Walt Disney World, uh, I remember being there with my family, and we were set up in Frontierland next to the uh, next to the shooting gallery and waiting for the parade, and at least in this circumstance right before the parade started you were able to go up and use the shooting gallery without paying any money without anything and so just just firing away and uh, you know my mind tells me that i was there for like an hour doing this in reality it was probably only like five minutes uh (laughs) just because you you blow stuff out of proportion when you're so much younger but it's for that reason the Frontierland Shooting Gallery in Magic Kingdom is since that trip that it happened on has held a special sh- uh, spot for me, and it's it, it it's something that I, I love walking past and hearing the sounds. So it's it just is like an instant trigger. It'd be hard to choose between that and Swiss Family Treehouse because uh, we we've talked plenty enough on this show about both of our affection for the Treehouse, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. It's in the mood I'm in tonight. 
with where I'm at. I'm feeling feeling the shooting gallery. So that's a little scary. I mean, do we need to um, <laughs> do we need an intervention? <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's safe. It's okay. It's just it's all part of the fun. So okay. I'm I you know I was also the type of kid too. Uh, I'd still probably be this way where you go in and you're at the shooting gallery and you feel like you're the one setting off all the triggers, but mm-hmm. really it's someone else beside you that has much better aim. So, but I, I blame, I blame my terrible eyesight on that. Even with glasses, I still can't see straight. So, oh, I can't, I can't either. That's why I'm terrible on all the attractions that require aim. Yeah. Like shooting galleries <laughs> or Buzz Lightyear or the, um, the what's the one over California Adventure and uh, you know and all of that yeah but anyway uh, uh, so no I'm I'm the same way I'm terrible I, at this and I shoot left handed for some reason even though I'm right handed and it's for I don't ask me why I I just I always went with it with I, I'm going to do stuff how it feels natural so when I shoot pull I shoot left handed and I I shoot guns left-handed not that i shoot guns regularly i i did back in pennsylvania and ohio just like bb guns and and low grade stuff uh, because that's you know it's pennsylvania the basically you go back to school and then you get the first monday off because of hunting season and it's (laughs) it's just it's a different place up there if you're not from there so uh and I, i grew up in different times too just like you did so uh it's completely different, but yeah, getting you know, it's I'm weird. That's all that matters. That's that's what I was going for. So <laughs> let's go on to C coupons. Yeah. What? What? So okay, we have two of those. Yeah. So what are you going to do with your first one, Craig? Oh, my first one. I'm thinking for my first one. I'm going with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, uh, and that's that's based out of nostalgia for it and just i i feel like if i was there in 1971 looking at it that's something that i would be immediately attracted to uh it especially having the dual tracks here and mm-hmm. where that you know you walk up to that 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 adds an extra layer of interesting to it so i feel like i feel like that would have been would have been one of the ones I was more attracted to. And generally, as far as I can remember from my, my trips here as a kid, I I was one of the kids who loved Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And more, I have more memories about that than I do Peter Pan or Snow White. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy those, but just the way my mind's at least telling me, I, I loved Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So that would be my first use but what's your first use well i'll be sitting in that seat right next to you squeezed in there because that i you know i did go to the magic kingdom in the 1970s i was a teenager and i was blown away by this because like you said this is very different from the disneyland version which i really enjoy because of the two separate tactics tracks that had completely different paths. It was, the, the two tracks were completely different ride experiences so that it was different stories. And I was just amazed by that, that, that they took all that time <laughs> to do that. And um, it, it, I, I, it's just so disappointing that 
they chose this attraction to replace with Winnie the Pooh. When you know, with all their space, why couldn't they have just built? You know, the Pooh's a, a amazing. S- Winnie the Pooh attraction. Oh yeah, just <laughs> so. the best. It's uh, full of magic. <clears throat> well, you know, our my granddaughter would agree with you, and you know, that's one of our go-to attractions. Although she's nine now, I'm not sure if it still would be, but um, it was for years. But uh, the, the, yeah, I, I miss this attraction. So I would, I would have used my seat ticket um, for this. Yeah, I think it's a good use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, so it's my choice. Okay. Um, this is tough. We got the good one out of the way. Where would we go from there? I'm going to say I'm going to surprise people with this one. Probably with good things on here like Dumbo, Peter Pan, Snow White, uh, the the canoes, not the Grand Prix Raceway. Uh, that would have surprised me. I, I'm <laughs> definitely not doing that. that. But we have the list in front of us, so we know what the last final one from there is. And I'm going to go with it, which is also surprising in a way. And that is Mad Tea Party. Really? That yeah. surprised me. Well. And it, normally, I would not, this wouldn't be uh, probably my choice for it. The only reason why I'm saying yes to Mad Tea Party is because it's 1971 in this scenario, and this was back before it was covered up. And oh, it was okay. still open air. And mm-hmm. I feel like I, it's part of what attracts me about the Disneyland one is looking at it as an open air attraction. It just it, it's cool that way. I don't I don't know why. Don't it, I'm sure some psychologist out there can figure out why why I think it looks a lot better with it not having a top on, but well, it's know. not as dark. It's very yeah, bright and I love the um this night version and then they they light it up with the japanese style lanterns yeah and and that's why i love disneyland's now but like looking back at uh the magic kingdoms when it first came out it had like it had a super bright floor on it too with yellow and like an orangish red all the way around now it's kind of gone with more of the pastel colors on the floor but it was bright the teacups same colors as they they've always been i I, something about it i think it just would have caught my eye and I would have really, really enjoyed it. And I like, I mean, the teacups don't make me sick yet. I'm still a couple of years off from that. Uh, one day I'm sure <laughs> it'll be completely terrible for me, but I'm, I'm going with it for right now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with another dark ride. And it, it's even though that there is a version of this out at Disneyland, I'm still going to go on Snow White's Scary Adventures. Because it, it was different uh, than um, Disneyland's version at the Magic Kingdom, and I th- I think the Magic Kingdom's is a little more scary than yeah. Disneyland's, and you know it, it it had a I think it had a more complete ending as well than the Disneyland one did, but um, but anyway I, I I enjoyed it you know Snow White is one of my favorite princesses if not my favorite so i um i so i would have used my c ticket my other c yeah. ticket for this 
it's uh, it's a good one, and it's one of the things I still kick myself about that uh, that I never got a video of it before it closed down here. So luckily, there's a lot of great other sites out there who who did the uh, hard work on that one. But uh, that's it's one of those ones that like now I can't not document this stuff, even mm-hmm. though sometimes I don't release it and I save it for my own and I just sit back and watch it and cackle while I'm I'm doing <laughs> so. Uh, it's it's one of those things. It's I, I just I wish YouTube would have always been around so it's the oh i don't know would see i i i i would be horrified if the silly dumb stuff i did as a teenager and young adult was actually videoed and put on youtube my life would be very different right now <laughs> i am so i am so happy that all of my foibles were not recorded the way young people's foibles are now and then then they're held accountable for it you know 40 years later so um i am grateful (laughs) it wasn't always there okay so there's good and bad sides to it Mm -hmm. Uh, leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and 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 as much as i enjoy seven dwarfs mind train because i i think there are some wonderful effects and audio animatronics in it it just isn't the same as Snow White's Scary Adventure. It doesn't tell the story as well. No. Um, you know, it's a, it's a completely different attraction. And, I, you know, it's too bad there couldn't have been a place in the park for both. You I, know, but, uh, I mean, I still argue that there is. It's, it, it, I get that it makes sense why they wouldn't want two Snow White attractions uh, just right across the way from each other in two different theme sections but i i'm i'm i don't buy into the meet and greets that are overly complicated like the fairy tale halls the fairy tale hall is beautiful and it's nice that you can wait for the princesses inside indoors and and have a nice themed environment to it but there had to be other space in an easier way to do it other than take over an attraction for that, so mm-hmm. uh, it's—I feel like they both could have lived together, but that's where some imagineer out there is probably saying, "But it doesn't make sense." But then again, nothing they do makes sense anymore. So <laughs> that's that's my little rant on the end of that. But <laughs> okay. so D coupons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have three of them, so yeah. I'm going to choose first, and I'm going to go with arguably one of my favorite attractions. That uh, it, it's up there; it's in the top three for sure, of course, and that's Country Bear Jamboree. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. I the last time I was at Magic Kingdom, as of recording this, it's. I was there for a very short time, and I had to manage my expectations and what I could do, what I could get done. And when that enters my mind, I think of pretty much my favorite two attractions, especially at Magic Kingdom, uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room and Country Bear Jamboree. And, you know, Country Bear Jamboree, just it's it's got the laughs. And so that's that's a go-to for me. And, and having a longer show back in 1971 even better 
I was just thinking that it's not the abbreviated show. Yeah. It's the one because it's so sad when they remove the dialogue, they remove the personality of the bears and they removed the storytelling of the bears and they removed a lot of the charm i still this is a not to be missed attraction for me even when i go to the magic kingdom today because unfortunately (laughs) winnie the pooh kicked our country bears out um at disneyland and although they still although they still appear as walk-around characters yeah yeah. and uh, at disneyland but yeah, I I I I, th- I think that's a wonderful yeah. choice. I, I don't know if it's just for uh, massive fans, this little uh, niche group out there, but I feel like Country Bears are on their way for a massive uh, a massive return. So it oh, feels gosh. like there's a fandom that has been steadily growing for it, and it, it's at a point where Disney's going to have to like do something about it. So you're predicting that Walt Disney Studios is going to be releasing the film sequel, Country Bear Jamboree 2 Electric Boogaloo? Yes, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, that's pretty much one of the only Disney uh, attractions to movies that I haven't been able to sit the entire way through it. I have never seen it. Yeah. Even though I know one of the puppeteers, one of the Imagineers that worked on that and did some of the um, puppeteering for it, for the bears, um, I have not sat through it, and I've got to. I've, so. I think I've done 20 minutes, like, in increments throughout. Like, okay, uh-huh. I'll stop paying attention. Okay, I'll give it a fair shot. No, no, no. It's so, so bad. Oh, Just it, it makes the Haunted Mansion look Oscar-worthy. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. So, well, for my choice, this is always an attraction I have to see when I'm at the Magic Kingdom. And I did see this in the 1970s when there were a lot fewer audio animatronics in it. And it, I'm going to hang out in my favorite realm of the Magic Kingdom, Liberty Square. And I'm going to see the Hall of Presidents. I I just think this is so inspiring in so many ways. Not just the message, but just the technology. But and as we've we've talked about the Hall of Presidents on this show when we when we celebrated its um, anniversary a while back. Um, but just the level of detail, the research, and the detail that went into the de- the development of each president in in the in the clothing and in the um you know their pocket watches and buttons and their undergarments i mean things that we aren't going to notice at our distance that went into this to you know blaine gibson's creation of the sculptures of them and and his research that he put into that this is that they didn't need to do that but they did and I just think it's such an incredible presentation. And of course, in 71, you didn't have Muppets glaring down at you from the second floor, um, which is even better. Uh, so, um, okay, yes. okay. <laughs> and and I did, I, you did a wonderful video, folks haven't seen it yet, of A Day at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I... I know you included those Muppets just for me in there. I just it, knew it. It was, honestly, I was, it, I did because 
I wasn't going to hang around. And then I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, it's starting in like two minutes. I've I've got to just hang around. <laughs> and I, I I literally maybe shot 30 seconds of it. Like I mm-hmm. the first 30 seconds of the show and then I took off. But I love it. But yeah, no, it's I, I knew you would see it. So. <laughs> oh, I did. It's a wonderful video. If you folks haven't gone out to disunplug.com to see it, it's really nice. I loved how they, you know, and they did have characters from 1971 walking around are the robin hood characters yeah yeah that's that uh great first off thank you for the the mm-hmm. kind words on that it's uh it's something i hope to be doing more of uh at least bi-weekly trying to get mm-hmm. videos out like that where it's just little glimpses in my my days at at the parks but uh yeah right now at magic kingdom we have this special part of mickey and minnie's celebration that's you know, going on on both coasts, but here in in Walt Disney World, uh, every every day on Main Street, we're having uh, two two kind of rare characters pop up mm-hmm. for for part of the day. And the day that yeah, I was that there is... for that, yeah, it was it was Robin Hood and Little John. I've never seen Little John before. No, no, that is very cool. So that was a nice treat to see, and fits in well with our theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Magic Kingdom in the seventies. Yeah, and so Craig, what would you use um, your first D coupon on? Or no, your second D coupon, I should say, second D coupon. I, I was just about to say that for my choice, I would my second choice, I would join you with the Hall of Presidents. It's just it, it's one of those attractions. I feel like it, it the Magic Kingdom that sets it apart. Uh, right now as a a unique attraction to this park as well as compared to back then having you know at disneyland you had you had great moments with mr lincoln but hall of presidents was was just a big grand bigger Mm -hmm. experience so uh for that reason i would go with hall of presidents other other than that i can't say much more you kind of uh you hit the nail on the head with it so I'll, i'll just get to my last choice in in that uh circumstance and then you'll have to do two back to back uh but i'm going to choose skyway to tomorrowland and the reason for this is i feel like i feel like you have to ride the skyway at least one way and it just from my experience of doing it when i did it in the 90s this this was the way that i preferred um getting to wait around the beautiful uh, Fantasyland station that took them forever and ever to actually tear down and get rid of. Uh, <laughs> it was ornate and beautiful. And and I feel like kicking off your journey over Fantasyland really kind of like that That was the best way to do it in, in the, the buckets was going over this magical place and then ending up in the future of tomorrow. So uh, it just... It, it kind of it had a better transition than going from tomorrow to Fantasyland. Even though I did ride it both ways, I I I feel like I preferred going I preferred going Fantasyland to Tomorrowland. So that's that's what my my last D coupon would be used on. But you got two now. Well, I would ride the Skyway with you. Okay, and I I liked your route as well. I also had ridden it multiple times both ways yeah just to get from one end of the park to the other it had great views i, I loved going over twenty thousand leagues under the sea you know and all the lagoon oh, yeah and, yeah and all that and um 
you know, so uh, yeah, I I always enjoyed the Skyway. I have I have a lot of um, funny memories of it from Disneyland, and um, um, yeah, so I just like the Skyway. And I guess I, I really had a hard time with my third one because I thought, okay, what would I have done versus what you know, what I done is like my first visit, and what would I want to go back to do? And I don't know. I just feel that if I'm in the Magic Kingdom, I have to ride the trains, even though it doesn't provide the same park view the way Disneyland does. It's still, you know, it's, it's, for Walt, you know, he always he loved his trains. He always had to have a train around his park, and you know, just like. You know, the Hall of Presidents was the fruition of Walt's dream of he wanted to build that at Disneyland, but the technology and the money wasn't there. And so it was at Magic Kingdom. You know, I I have to ride the trains, you know, as my, uh, you know, just to recognize Walt. Yeah. So that's what I would use my last ticket for. I thought about that. It's a decoupon. You know, I I know I said that that one was a little suspect, uh, mostly because of the riverboat. And, you know, the the Skyways, I guess you could get away saying, like, eh, that's a little hefty for for D. But uh, there's a lot of choices there. Mm -hmm. And back in 71, there were only two stations. Yeah. Uh, There's the Main Street Station and the Frontierland Station. So you you were on that train for a long haul. It really was a Grand Circle tour. Yeah. Well, E is where it's going to get really interesting because yeah. well, we have four coupons each, and there's only one, two, three, four, five, six attractions. So mm-hmm. there's probably going to be a little crossover, but uh, also I know there's probably going to be one or two where we're going to vary. Uh, I think we should get the first one out of the way that we're both going to choose uh, okay. for sure, and that's the Mickey Mouse review, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've talked so much on this show. We we both have uh, you talking about your experience with the Mickey Mouse review, but also me talking about this being one of the attractions that if, if I could see any attraction that that was before my time, this is this is one of them that uh, would have stuck out to me and just featuring Mickey Mouse himself and all the different characters from all the animated films, uh, especially after this last Destination D. I walk away from, uh, walked away from that with an even greater appreciation for this attraction. It's just something I, I know I would have loved it back then, and I, I would still love it if it was there now, mm-hmm. even if it was run down and broken and not working correctly. Yeah, this was an amazing show, and... I really think they could do an updated version of this and it would be popular. And especially with Mickey's Runaway Train, at, you know, coming to Disney Hollywood Studios, it'd be nice if they had this at the Magic Kingdom. I mean, this had 81 animatronic, audio animatronic Disney characters. Um, You know, seven there were 73 characters, eight of them were duplicated. There's an 86-foot stage. And it was, you know, there was the main stage and two smaller side stages. And, you know, it was the Disney music sung and performed by the Disney characters themselves. And it was amazing. And I, I, I feel so fortunate. I saw it at the Magic Kingdom, and then I saw it at Tokyo Disneyland. And, you know, we there's still a little part of it around, you know, as we know, the three caballeros um, 
audio animatronics were added to the Grand Fiesta Tour at Epcot's Mexico Pavilion in 2016 to replace, you know, a scene that was just, you know, on a screen previously to that. So we have a little of it left. But, um, yeah, I I wish they would bring this back. I think it would be popular. I really do. Especially if they brought in, you know, the, the current films, too. Like, you know, Princess and the Frog and... And, you know, Rapunzel and, of course, Frozen and, you know, all of them. So it would be great. I mean, it's something like this. I I do agree that Disney parks should not be a museum. Uh, They Mm -hmm. should be they should be changing and updating in a way. But uh, this is something that I feel like hits the nostalgia button right. Uh, Mm -hmm. just from everything I've seen with it. Uh, Right now, I feel like more than ever, people are truly trying to embrace nostalgia uh, with the parks in any way they can. Obviously, out in Disneyland, it's been going on for years with Dapper Days, and that's picking up steam more and more every year here in Walt Disney World. And people truly embracing, right before the 50th anniversary, people embracing the, the 1970s of Walt Disney World. And this is an attraction that I feel like that would just it, it just looking at the pictures, watching videos on it. It is very seventies and it's, mm-hmm. it's fashion. And that's the perfect thing. There is, as we've gone through this list, there's still plenty, uh, plenty of attractions that are still at the parks right now that were there in, in 1971. But I don't feel like any of them, have that stamp of the 70s quite like the mickey mouse review would have it and it would be a welcome addition back into the park because of that i think so yeah and What's mickey you- should have a presence in every you know every park yep, yep. <laughs> so yep. every at least every castle park so what's your next one well, I'm going to stay in Fantasyland, and I am going to go under the sea, 20,000 leagues under the sea, that is, on the submarine voyage. Uh, I always, I love the submarine voyage at Disneyland, and uh, just because it's, you know, you, you really are under the water, and it just seems so amazing. And I loved the 20,000 leagues under the sea attraction at Walt well, Disney World, because it really was based on the film. And yep. the Nautilus subs were so cool. And you you had a person that sounded very much like Captain Nemo in the film narrating and took you through the, you know, the, the film. And, you know, you still had a lot of similar scenes from the Disneyland version because, you know, you had the mermaids and the giant squid and the lost city of Atlantis. Well, we had the sea monster in ours. But... Um, but it, it was just cool. I mean, no other place had submarines like that. So it, it was very sad. It's its whole history of how it got um, the whole conspiracy to to convince Michael Eisner that this this attraction needed to go is sort of a blot, you know, in the the, the yeah. history of the Disney parks. But um, I I would do this in a yeah. heartbeat. And I'm right there with you on it. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the attractions that I have some super fond memories of from uh, early '90s on. Like I can remember it, I can remember it perfectly, and I can remember after it closed, just watching it sit there for years and years and yep. years and years to the point where, 
when attraction has been closed for so long, it kind of gets this eeriness to it. And I can't even remember it at that point. So I, I would be all in with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the next one I'm going to go for is uh, would be the Haunted Mansion. And mm-hmm. for that, it's just, uh, you know, the Haunted Mansion is classic Disney. And it's uh, on top of that, I feel like I would I would and I'm still am drawn to its its exterior especially uh especially right now i don't know when you were here last time uh in november did they have the trees cut down in front of the mansion at that point i think they did yeah i don't recall yeah so recently in the past definitely in the past six months they they basically cut down a lot of the foliage in front of the mansion to the point where it not blocked by trees in the entire front, which I mean, on the one hand, it takes away a little bit from the eeriness of like looking like this mansion that's been there for years and years and the foliage is all grown around it. But you also get to see how beautiful the building is when it's not completely covered and surrounded by trees. And like the last couple times I've been to magic kingdom, it's just, I I walk up the exit just to look at it and kind of take it in and take pictures of it over and over again. So I I feel like for me that the, the exterior would pull me in. And then the fact that it has those differences to the Disneyland version uh, with, with where you start the attraction, you know, this is before, before the changes and we know is it as of today and and such but even even the way the attraction started off it you get that difference in there so i would have to go on the mansion because of that i'll be in the doom buggy too this <laughs> this is one of my must do attractions i i agree with you i love the show building i i love the mansion you know we don't have a lot of brick out in California because of earthquakes. So I, I, but I just, that, you know, that's a style of design we don't have out here, obviously. Yeah. But I, I think it's gorgeous. I, it's disappointing that the canopy in front has blocked its views somewhat and detracted from it. I understand the need for it, for shade and, yeah. you know, just pr- protection from the elements. But I also like the fact that, okay, it's the same attraction, but it's not. Like you said, they've put enough differences in this mansion that it is a, it is a different ride experience. There's different rooms and uh, different effects. And it, it's I always find it interesting how often they update the mansions. You know, they tweak them and add little things here and there yeah. uh, with much more frequency then I think they do any other attraction. But um, I, I love the Haunted Mansion. And again, it's it's classic Imagineering, you know, and, and storytelling. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So what's your final one then? I had a really rough time <laughs> choosing. <laughs> and I decided I would go with the Jungle Cruise. I, again, I like the personal uh, skipper spiel, but you, again, here's here's it's it's 
the Jungle Cruise like Disneyland, but it's not. It's longer. There are different show scenes in it. I love that whole temple scene where you go inside and it's mysterious with the monkeys and the tiger and all that. And um, again, I, I almost always do the Jungle Cruise when I'm out at Magic Kingdom. And because it's it's familiar yet... It's a little different. And if they're going to clone attractions, that's how they should be. They, they should have the f- some familiarity to them, but then they should make each one a little unique as well. Yep. So here's where I got shocked. I thought for sure you were going to be choosing It's a Small World. I know. You know what? I was going to, but it in comparison to the Disneyland version. It for absolutely me. does. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I thought we were going to get a little bit of a difference uh, on this last one, but uh, alas, as we've said kind of throughout E, I will be joining that boat right next to you. <laughs> Jungle <laughs> Cruise. Uh, it's just, it, it speaks for itself. I, I And especially with this one, I know there's, there's a lot of longer attractions in this one. They're all pretty long but i feel i feel like the jungle cruise it's one of those attractions even if for some strange reason now to this day where i feel like i wait i need to wait like 40 minutes for it i still feel like i get my worth out of the attraction and that that says a lot to me so if that's how i feel right now I, I can't imagine back in 1971 that i would feel much differently to it so it's just I gotta go jungle cruise I, sounds good to me. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and they're and they're, and they're shooting their guns and everything, yeah. you know, for this. Pow pow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed spending 1971 with you, Craig. Yeah, it was fun. At the Magic Kingdom. It was. We'll have to go get a Dole Whip. Yeah, and then maybe we'll buy a couple extra tickets and do some of the other stuff we missed out on. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> but we're out of money. No. Oh. So I guess we just have to end this. <laughs> All righty. Well, until next time then. Well, now it is that time again for our alternate format of this week in Disney history. I cannot believe we are already in February. My goodness. I know. Time flies when you're incredibly busy (laughs) yes so all right well i think though that a few quite a few fun things happened um the week of february 3rd so craig let's let's see how it goes here so february 3rd so so what milestone in pixar's history took place on february 3rd 1986 why are you gonna do that to me I know, I had to. Whenever there's a Pixar one or a Muppet one, I've got to throw it to you. Um, 1986. Here, I feel stupid. Um, it's one of two things. And I'll let you just say what the one is uh, after I answer, but it's either... It's either the foundation of Pixar or it's when it broke out of Lucasfilm. I just don't know which one for sure. And I couldn't even guess. But it's one of the two of those. 
Right, it's the latter. Yeah, they they are no longer a part of the Lucasfilm empire. So yeah, Pixar becomes an independent company. Yeah, and it'll be though almost a decade before um, Pixar Incorporated becomes Pixar Animation Studios. Yeah, but uh, exciting time to be yeah. there. You know, right before, right before my birth. There you go. A full year. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, on February 4th, what Epcot attraction opened on February 4th, 1984? And here's a hint. It replaced the Astuter Computer Review. I can already tell you I'm not going to get this, so <laughs> take it away. Um, Backstage Magic opens in Communicore East yeah. in Future World. It features computer operator Julie and her graphic sidekick, I.O. for input-output. And it demonstrates the process of operating the audio animatronics found throughout the Disney parks. Yeah, I, I am aware of this, and I've, I, I've seen stuff on it. I, I would not have been able to guess that yeah. in a million years. <laughs> it was a fun show. I thought it was interesting. And it'll, it'll run until 1993. Well, good year. Yeah. Okay, Um. so now we're at February 5th. On February 5th, 2004, a special ceremony is held to celebrate the upcoming Disneyland production, Snow White, an enchanting new musical. Where is the ceremony held and what took place? Um, I... I do. I don't even remember anything about this musical. I, it did like, not last very long. Okay, uh, I thought it was very well done, but yeah, I I genuinely have no idea because I've never even I, I have no recollection of it, so I don't even know where to go with it. Mm-hmm. So, well, it took place on Hollywood Boulevard. It, there was okay. a handprint ceremony for Snow White and all the dwarfs at Groman's Chinese Theater. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I that is. Did not know that. Yeah. All right. Well, we we talked about uh, It's a Small World a little while ago. So on February 6th, Disneyland It's a Small World reopens on February 6th, 2009 after a refurbishment. What was especially noteworthy about this particular refurbishment? I believe this would have been the one where they added all the the characters and that were part of Disney. That's right. That's right. The attraction now included a brand new Spirit of America scene and 29 new Disney Pixar characters. Yes. Are you a fan of of It's a Small World with the Disney Pixar characters? I actually am. Uh, Not all of the characters. I feel like some fit in better than others. I could definitely live without without Ariel and the Little Mermaid part Mm -hmm. thrown in there. Other ones like... You know, uh, Nemo doesn't really, uh, Nemo and Dory don't really take away from it. They're just kind of there. Uh, I I like the Alice in Wonderland. I think Aladdin and Jasmine fit in well. So it's kind of just hit or miss for me on which ones work better than others. But I, overall, I think it's, it, I, I, to me, it doesn't take away from the attraction too far. 
So yeah, I I'm I'm fine with most of the characters. I agree with you about the Aria one mainly because they got rid of the soundtrack where they they sound like they're sinking underwater. Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, I don't care for how they attempted to weave the the soundtrack the film soundtrack music into the attraction uh, you know into the song i i don't think they did a good job from it it distracts me every time i go yeah. by one of those scenes yeah yeah no and there's i i think again with that it's some fit better than others but it's it, it could be worse they could have done a lot more and mm-hmm. it could be a lot more distracting so uh, thank goodness it didn't turn into an attraction with only uh with only Mary Blair versions of all the Disney characters. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think the spirit of America scene is a little sparse for me. It feels like it was um, like if they had had this scene at the magic kingdom, it would have fit in better. But for Disneyland's version, it needs more dolls. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't, I know I would have done it's a small world, when I was there in 2000, but I genuinely don't remember uh, the. I, I don't remember it enough to remember what it looked like before. So all, all I have to work with is yeah. the version, the 2009 version and forwards. So yeah, uh, it's the, it, the the rainforest scene was in there, and so that was very controversial. Yeah. So they sort of shoved it into the previous scene. They redid that scene and the oh, Pacific okay. Islander scene and sort of shoved the rainforest scene, some of the more popular characters in oh, to the okay. end of that. That makes a lot of sense now. I that that makes a lot more sense. I need to go find a ride through from before then and actually watch it. So the I'll rainforest scene. The rainforest scene was was so well done originally. It was very clever. They had, I think, they had some of their most whimsical characters in that scene. Yeah, and um, a lot of them, uh, I don't know where they're hanging out these days. But huh, they didn't make the cut. So interesting. Yeah. Okay, February seventh, February seventh, two thousand and seven. Walt Disney Parks and Resorts announces that a new attraction is in development and is scheduled to open in late two thousand and eight. What attraction was announced? Uh, which park did you say again? Sorry, I didn't, but I, I will give you a hint. Um, the Disney Hollywood Studios. Hmm. Uh, would, would this have been, I'm trying to think of the timeline of when Toy Story Mania came out and what else was happening. Uh, brain's not working. I don't think it's Toy Story Mania. The only other thing I can think of right around that time would have been Idol. You're correct. The American Idol. They they said creation of an American Idol attraction, but yeah, it would be the American Idol experience uh, ultimately. I always yeah. it's yeah that Rhino talks about this all the time because he was in one of the commercials or something. Yeah, or his hand it. was or something. See, yeah, you know the story too. <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, yep, that's what opened. All right, February 8th. Ringo Starr's single, You're 16, is released in the United Kingdom on February 8th, 1974. The tune is already a hit in the United States. What is its Disney connection? Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess on this one. I have no, maybe no basis for it. Uh, I'm going to assume that the Sherman brothers probably wrote it. You're correct. They did. And it, it this is the second version of their song. Um, rockabilly singer Johnny Burnett released his version back in 1960. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm just trying to think about anyone who wrote pop songs with <laughs> Disney and Sherman Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's amazing what they wrote. That, that folks don't oh, yeah. know about, especially in their early, um, early part of their career. Yeah, and I mean their their uh, their one album they put out the songbook that goes mm-hmm. a little over a lot of their history. That's a good place to get a get a nice grip on it. Yes, yes, yeah, I have that on my on my um, my my phone and all that that I yeah. listen to. So, okay, February 9th, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color airs part one of a three part story called The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, which is fantastic. Anyway, the one hour episode features Patrick McGowan as the Reverend Dr. Christopher Sin. Unfortunately for Walt, 73 million television viewers are watching another television show that night. What was the nation watching? Oh, um, I, w- I was one of the 73 million viewers. What year did you say? Uh, it is 1964. I'm going to take another wild guess on it uh, because I know I only know of one other thing that would happen. On one other thing, and that would be uh, that'd probably be the Beatles on TV. That's right. It's the United States debut of the Beatles on CBS Television's The Ed Sullivan Show. Hey, so. I'm glad my Beatlemania is finally working out for Boy, me. Boy, you, you twice did, you, and you one. did well with these guesses. Yeah, it's so. a, uh, no. Well, I mean, it, it also helps out with. You chose Beatles questions, so mm-hmm. <laughs> there are two of them. Uh, I mean, Ringo's a good, important part of the Beatles. We oh, yeah, them. absolutely. That uh, this And the Scarecrow of Romney Marsh, that is always one of the most uh, highest priced of the Disney Treasures series. Yes. I, out there. I, I own it. I'm so happy I own it. I own a, a not-so-legal version of it but i still own it uh, i could i could watch it anytime but uh mm-hmm. and yeah no it's 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 a good set and go on youtube and watch the beatles on the ed sullivan show it's uh mm-hmm. it's electric they're they're three performances that they did with ed sullivan they're all all mm-hmm. excellent they are they are yeah. i i, I st- still remember that i was in second grade yeah i that's <laughs> i asked my I mean, my parents would have been uh, like six years old. And when I first discovered the Beatles, I remember asking them all about, like, well, did you watch it? Did you, did you, were you a part of it? And 
you know, they, they pretty much, I'm pretty sure they lied to me. Oh, yeah, of course we remember watching it. Of course we remember. I'm like, I, I doubt you did. I don't remember watching anything when I was six years old besides I, Vault I, Disney I, and other random uh, stuff. But you No, know, I, re- I remember that because it was all we talked about the yeah. next day and we were all pretending you know with our little air guitars singing i love you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you don't know that yeah. I'm, I'm sure my mom watched it because she had she i want to say was like when she was born her oldest sister was already 16 or 17 so mm-hmm. she she grew up in a house full of teenagers and she was oh, the baby. She watched so, it. Yeah. Yeah, she she definitely <laughs> did. My dad probably probably not. He was more of a music fan of the 70s. So <laughs> <laughs> So Craig, if after our sojourn back to 1971's Magic Kingdom, if you could take one of the extinct attractions that we've talked about or one that we didn't and plop it, you know, transport it back to 2019, which one would it be? I I think we uh we already hit the nail on the head with it and it has to be the Mickey Mouse review. It's mm-hmm. uh if filler magic's fun, but Filler Magic, uh, I if I had Mickey Mouse review versus that, I I gotta go with I gotta go with the attraction I've never even experienced before. So feels feels right. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, I'd go with the Mickey Mouse review. I do enjoy Philhar Magic I, again. That's one of my um, not miss attractions, and I am excited uh, that you know they're apparently going to be working on that film, but. Uh, there's just something, I don't know, magical about the audio animatronics. You know, no one else does them as well as the Disney parks. So, uh, you know, I would love to, you know, that's why I love audio animatronic attractions. So there's just something just so Disney about them, so unique about them. Agree. Agree. So, Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? As always, you can find me Tuesdays on the Walt Disney World Edition podcast, Thursdays on the Universal Edition, Wednesdays on the Best and Worst of Walt Disney World, uh, random vlogs on YouTube.com slash DizUnplugged, random other videos on YouTube.com slash WDWinfo, and then always uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. What about you, Michael? Well, you can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. Instagram, Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at ConnectingWalt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at DizUnplugged.com and look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. And if you're at the Walt Disney Family Museum on Saturday, I will be there too. So be sure you say hey there hi there ho there so um so thank you for making us a part of your day and remember i only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing that it was all started by a man walt disney and his brother roy (laughs) 